Are you looking to challenge your thoughts and behaviors by changing your mind chatter? You're in the right place. Welcome to Yakety Yak with your host, Tamara Tran and Victoria Ellington. Hi, this is Tamara Tran with the Yakety Yak podcast, and I'm here with my sister, Tori, who is my co-host. We're going to be talking today about the beliefs that create our behaviors. And specifically, we're going to be talking about how we can change our beliefs so that we get the behaviors that we want. Tori's going to share her story. It's about body image. It's about triumph, childhood beliefs. Okay. Hi. So just a little bit of the backstory on me. So originally, I think I had started when I was about 11, 12, 13 years old pretty much early on when you kind of enter into that chubby phase and people start saying things like, oh, you don't want to, you know, you're going to start dating and people don't want you, don't want to date a heavy person. I started getting that kind of weird conception about myself early on. And a lot of things were too, I didn't have a lot of control over my life. So, you know, having the weight was another reason. And another thing in my mind was that I did not like being Asian at all. Okay, well, so back it up just a little bit. You talked about being heavy. You were never heavy. No, but that seed was planted or start entering into that puberty phase where you just start to get that little chubbiness. Okay. You know what I mean? I think like everybody around 11, 12, 13 years old, you kind of get that little bit, that thick, you know, and – yeah, that's when it was like, well, you don't boys don't want to date a chubby girl. And even though I wasn't chubby, it kind of planted that seed in my head. So the seed of I just don't want to be fat. Was that your thought process? What was your process? And what were your beliefs about yourself as you started realizing, ooh, I'm going to start limiting my food? It was more I think it was more that it was I already had a pretty bad self-image as far as being Asian. Where we grew up, there were not a lot of minorities. I mean, everybody was very rural and it was farm community and, you know, there were not a lot of Asians or even minorities, period. So being Asian for me was really hard, just for me. Um, I already, you what? It was also hard for me. Yeah. I, well, I'm just. But we're talking about you. Okay. Right. It's always all about me. (laughs) so you were about 13 14 when you started realizing that you were chubby when I started when I started realizing actually that I could control how I looked did you get these ideas from a friend now just to give you some backstory on her I guess we should have given you a little bit more of a history Tori struggled with bulimia and anorexia for about off and on for greater probably 25 years yeah, 25 years. So your lowest weight. So how, how tall are you? I'm 5'3". Okay, and your lowest weight was 76 think, pounds? No, 68 pounds. 68 pounds. That is insane. When I was 30. She has a history. You have a history of poor body image and poor habits. Yes. In terms of being unhealthy. Doing some very unhealthy things to, to control your weight. And we don't really want to talk about that because that's not really what we're dwelling on. But what we want to talk about is what were the beliefs you had about yourself? So you said you didn't like being Asian. What did that have to do with your weight? Uh, Well, I didn't like being Asian, but then when I, I can't change being Asian. There's, there's nothing I can do about that. But when I realized that I could change, 
you know, how my weight was. I couldn't change my height. I couldn't change, you know, a lot of other things, but I can change what I wear. I can change my weight. So when I realized that, I think is when it really got in my head that I can control that aspect of it. And I don't even remember what it was. I remember it was some, I know part of it was Karen Carpenter and part of it was after school specials where I just thought it wasn't scaring me away from it. It was more teaching me how to get away with anorexia or bulimia just because then I knew like how to hide things. And instead of purging all the time, I would, you know, just use laxatives, that sort of thing. So it was just more of like a control thing in my head. Like I could control that versus something else that there's just, it's physically impossible to control. During that time, let's go back to if you can kind of remember how you were thinking about yourself. So when you were controlling your weight, how'd you feel about your life? How'd you feel about yourself? Did it create the happiness that you were looking for? Well, it, it, it actually did off and on. It's kind of, I guess, like shopping. People say, oh, retail therapy, and they go and they will shop and they'll buy a bunch of stuff, but then you have buyer's remorse and you want to take it back because you realize you spent too much money. It's sort of that same thing. So I'm not a very emotional eater, but there are times where I will just be so, so hungry and I would just go and binge, 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 and just eat literally everything in the fridge. And then after I throw up, I do, it, it is that sense of in your head, you just feel so much better. Oh my God, thank Thank heavens I didn't just, you know, I did ingest all those calories, but I didn't process all of them. So I think that's kind of like in the mindset, I think is, I don't know how to explain it, I guess. It just, you, you. So there was a reward. There was a secondary payoff for you. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Even though you physically weren't necessarily feeling good, you, you were, you were getting some rewards by feeling in control. Yes. Yes. And there was actually a little bit of a high, I think, too, when, because I did have a scale. I had two scales in my one bedroom apartment. I had a scale at the top of my stairs and a scale in my bathroom. And there is a little bit of a high when I would, you know, go to the bathroom and lose some water weight. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm down an eighth of a pound or I'm down this or I'm down that. And it was, it was almost like I was weighing myself a hundred times a day because I just wanted to see how much I could get down. And every time somebody would say like, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. You're just so skinny. You're all, you're all bones. It was like a high in my mind. I was thinking I look awesome. When did your wake up call happen? Well, I think you remember that. Remember when you came out to Chicago for my 30th birthday? I do remember. And it was sickening. Yeah. And I did feel very, very weak, but one of the, kind of defining moments for me is when, and I thought I was doing, I thought I looked amazing, obviously. Remember when we went to the wedding, we went to one of our cousin's weddings in California Mm -hmm. and and I saw you there. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at you feeling sick inside, thinking you're dead. You are almost dead. Did that reinforce your belief that you were awesome? A little bit. Yeah. In my mind, it was a little bit of, yeah, it was. There was a moment where my, my husband now, um, we've been together since, uh, 1996 is when we met and we've lived together. Uh, we've only been married for 12 years. We've been together for 
20 something years. There was a moment where we had been living together for so long and I just didn't know where we were going at all. And I just had was fed up. And I said, I need some sort of commitment. Like we've been living together. We've been together for 10 years. We're living together for eight years. What is going on? And he said to me, if you think for one second that I'm going to start a family with somebody that has bulimia that could die or not be able to carry a child, you're out of your mind. And that is when it had to set in for me to change my mindset, to, to get over that and to think differently. Pretty powerful. And it's good that he drew the line in the sand. Did you go to therapy? Did you use self-help books? Did you go to church? What did you do to try to identify your core beliefs and change them? Well, I did. I had to go to, I did do a little bit of therapy. I've been in therapy for a lot of years because <laughs> I have a lot of issues. <laughs> That's another that's another subject. That's another topic for another day. Another reason why she's a great co-host. She's super interesting. <laughs> um, I, so I did do therapy. I also, surprisingly, it was, I think, kind of the universe's way or God's way or whoever that I got pregnant. And if anybody knows me, knows that my whole life, all I ever wanted to do was to be a mom. And so basically that pregnancy and my son, he saved my life because I did, I did everything in my power. I think any mom or parent really does that. Um, they just want the best for their kid. They want their kid to be healthy. They want their child to be born, you know, just have the best possible delivery or whatever. So that's kind of what I did is I just then dedicated myself to, I have to do what's right for this child. It's interesting that as soon as you were able to identify the problem, your belief patterns, your thoughts, you were able to make your changes. Now in identifying the thoughts that were creating your anorexia, creating your body image issues, what did you replace those thoughts with? It's, you know, it was about control. It is about control. And it's still, I still do have a lot of control issues, but I think for me too, when I realized because of the way that I grew up with certain things that were said and even afterwards, I think for me, I just think I did not want my child, girl or boy, I didn't know at this time, I did not want my child to have those same body issues to feel bad about themselves, to feel like they're underweight, to feel like they're overweight, regardless of what it was, I just did not want that for my child. And so I did have to, there was a lot of times where I will have to cut myself off from what I'm saying because I didn't want to say like, don't eat that because it's going to make you fat or it's not going to kill you because you're so tiny, you're so skinny, you can eat whatever you want, you know, because it, it cuts both ways. So what did you replace those thoughts with? Just that um, I have to be a better person. I think I don't really know. I um, It's more important to be healthy and to live a long life, you know, because there's a lot of issues with bulimia, um, your teeth, your throat, the acid corrodes it, the anorexia. You're, if you lose too much weight, yeah, with your digestive issues, I have GI tract issues because um, it's lazy. I can't digest properly. There's... There's a, there's myriad of issues with eating disorders, but, oh, so, so I you totally changed, lost my train of thought. So you replace those thoughts with, 
of, of I'm not good enough. I need to control everything. I need to control my life with. It's better to be healthy. Okay. It's better to be it's healthy. It's not about being skinny. It's about being healthy. Now, I'm kind of curious because when people say, oh, just think better thoughts, at some point, don't you, as you're having those, it's better to be healthy thoughts, don't you also think you're lying? It takes a while to truly internalize those new beliefs, doesn't it? Or was it instantaneous for you? No, it does. You're right. It does take a really, really long time. And it is, it was several, several, several years in the making. And it is every day you have to wake up and you say, I have to say today is a new day. And yes, it is. Every day you have bad days. There are days that you want to claw somebody's eyes out, but. But that's another podcast. Every day you, it is, you have to, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of like you say, you fake it till you make it. You keep telling yourself the same thing over and over and over again. And eventually I feel like you believe it. You hated to sweat. You hated to move. True. <laughs> anything that required any kind of physical exertion. And today you're a runner. You go to boot camp every single morning. You do tough motor races. Tell me how you got from I'm skinny, I'm anorexic, I want to weigh 10 pounds to, oh, I now I have muscles, muscles. <laughs> to now I have muscles, I'm muscular, I'm fit, I'm healthy, and I like to eat. How did that happen? I think that is like in your mind, that is the payoff. So you wake up every day like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, I can't exercise, I'm going to shove 1,200 peanut M&Ms in my face, to, okay, I just, one minute, I can, if I can go one minute without eating any M&Ms, I'm good. If I can go one day without eating ice cream, I'm good. But then it became the opposite effect where my running time was decreasing. Instead of running a 30-minute mile, I was now running a nine-minute mile. And in, you know, people were making comments like, oh my gosh, your abs are awesome or your arms, you have muscle definition. And so that kind of became a new payoff in my mind where it was like it, it replaced that 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 thinking as before of before and to be able to have somebody say I can't believe you did that obstacle course I can't believe you know you did a Spartan race or you did you know a savage race or whatever you know I think that kind of replaces it because you're like yeah I am tough I'm I'm awesome so how did you make this the shift from I want to be skinny to I want to be healthy because obviously it's you know, being healthy means you're going to be a little more muscular. Being more muscular means you're going to weigh more. So how are you able to reconcile in your mind the fact that your weight would go up? That's really tough for me because our family has some weight issues. <laughs> and so for me, it, it was really tough. I don't want to be a bulky person, but I wanted to be a good example. And I'm a firm believer of practice what you preach. And if I were telling people like, you know, my family, if I were trying to encourage them to have a healthier lifestyle, I can't very well tell them to have a healthy lifestyle. I'm doing completely the opposite. It's hypocritical. It was kind of your, your integrity that drove it as well as your commitment to your family, your husband, being a mom, yes. all of those things created this wonderful change. What do you do when you're really tired, your alarm goes off and you just don't feel like getting out of bed? What are your thoughts? What what do you say to yourself in that moment? How do you get yourself out of bed and in the car and to boot camp? Just do it. Just do it. You have to do it. Just get up and do it. Don't be a ding-a-ling. Just do it. Get up. 
how do you maintain your schedule? That was another question. You know, I talk to moms all the time. I talk to business owners. They say we're so busy, and we are. All of us are really busy. But how do you maintain your schedule so that you get to boot camp and nothing else interrupts? We were taught growing up to be unselfish. I remember getting ready to go outside running with a neighbor and mom telling me how selfish I was being because I wasn't cleaning the kitchen or I wasn't doing something else. And she would just emphasize self-centeredness and selfishness as it pertained to taking care of your body. So that's my belief. And I need to, I need to fix that. Well, I think that, yes, and I have learned through therapy, too, that they're, selfish is not always a negative connotation. It gets a bad rap, but some, there are some good selfishes, selfishnesses, selfish behaviors. Chaos from being selfish. <laughs> there are some times where it's good to be selfish, you know, and I think that it is good. I've had to change my way of thinking about that as well, because we did grow up that way. We did grow up thinking like we you have to sacrifice everything in your life, including yourself and your body and your looks and your fashion and everything for other people. But that's not, I feel like that's not really how it should be because I feel like if you love yourself, then you're going to love other people. Other people are going to love you. You're going to be, be lovable and you're going to be able to be a better person to other people. You know, as we're talking about this, I was thinking, so you said that control was really at the heart or feeling the feeling of being in control was at the heart of your weight issues. As we were talking about this, I was thinking about all the situations that I've controlled, not necessarily intentionally, but I have control because I didn't want to participate in an activity because I felt like I was too fat or felt like I wasn't attractive enough. Family pictures, uh, campouts hiking trips. I mean, all of those things that I've been kind of a stick in the mud over saying, I'm not going, I'm not doing it. And everyone around me has suffered. But I think that also is sort of a controlling personality control issue. I agree. It is. I think it's just, it's, it's the mindset. So it's just learning to take our thoughts that we have currently, redirect them, identify the beliefs that we have about them, and then change them so that they're working for us. And the feelings behind those beliefs as well. I feel like if you can identify what you're feeling, is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it, you know, then you can kind of move forward in that way. It's good to have a pattern of behavior. It's good to have habits. But if we don't change the thoughts and the beliefs behind those habits, they're not sustainable. I can get up every day and go to the gym. The beliefs and the thoughts have to change with the action. Because if you don't change, nothing will change change is when you believe it and you activate it and you do it. Victoria, I really appreciate your time today. You get to interview me at a later date. (laughs) So excited. (laughs) For the record, I'm not quite as dedicated yet as my sister here. I'm getting there. I think that was part of the problem is though too, just in closing, is that we are always our own worst critics. True. You know, so sometimes what we see ourselves, other people don't see. It feels like that's kind of a subliminal message coming. No, maybe. A direct- I was just not trying to name names or point fingers, but if you want me to, I will. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Yakety Yak with Tamara and Victoria. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit yakityyak.life and Instagram at yakityyak.life. We'll catch you next time.